Hello, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Chronicles podcast, where I interview a virtual CISO about their work and life. I'm your host, Caroline McCaffrey, one of the co-founders of ClearOps, which provides software to virtual CISOs that helps them grow and scale their businesses. As experts in this field, we have met hundreds of security consultants, and we keep our fingers on the pulse of cybersecurity and data privacy. My background is in law, and specifically data privacy and cybersecurity law and regulation. I love learning about how people build businesses, and so I started this podcast to feature interesting people in cybersecurity to talk about their passion and their business. If you don't know what a virtual CISO is, then as an explanation, these are security experts who offer consulting services to companies that they work with. Sometimes they're also referred to as fractional CISOs. Our guest today is Carlos Rodriguez. He has been in the industry for some time, and I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. So thank you, Carlos, for joining me, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Carlin, uh, for the opportunity and for what you're doing for the industry. We we appreciate everything that all of us do to give back to the community and help others succeed. You know, it's it's interesting that in this community, cybersecurity specifically, I think that is a common theme about people who join cybersecurity and want to, they just basically want to help people. They want to make sure that the world is a better, safer place for everyone. I'm I'm just so thankful that this industry exists, first of all, and that, you know, we're going to get to learn about how you're making that impact today. So yeah. on that, tell us about yourself. You know, let's let's hear about your background and how you kind of worked your way into becoming a, a virtual CISO. Yeah, so, um, you know, I have a technology background. Uh, went to school in Venezuela for uh, technology. So I have a, a bachelor degree there. And uh, then I moved to the U.S. in 1999 and started working my way through uh, uh, and uh, corporate America, right, and learning the nuances of that. And uh, as it happens with most of us leaders, you become good at what you do, and then, hey, you're a manager. I was like, okay, what does that mean? I'll do it. And you start learning really what it means to lead and and to uh, build programs and and not focus on technology. Uh, my leadership, I think, comes from my uh, athletic background, playing different sports at college level, where I learned what leadership meant, what working together as a group meant, and I applied a, a lot of those concepts uh, when I got to to the enterprise. So, walk through the ranks, help desk. And, you know, manager, directors, C-level. I remember back in Venezuela when I was doing my internship, I was working on a project where I had to wire a warehouse for an American company. And so with my broken English, which was worse than now, um, I started talking to the engineer and said, what are you doing? I was configuring a router. And it's like, I, all I saw was like the matrix, all these letters. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, yeah, we're making a VPN connection between here and the U.S. And I was like, like, what? How is that happening? And so that was an aha, my first aha moment where I realized I want to do that. That's what I want to do. And we started talking about, you know, he started talking to me about security and how it needs to be secure and encrypted and nobody can see it. And so that was just the the moment where I, I wanted to do security. So 
became a network engineer and security engineer first. But uh, fast forward, then I I actually you mentioned you 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 worked a lot in legal and, and law, and I got to around 2007 to my, the first law firm that I worked for as a network engineer and voice engineer, and then as a manager there, uh, managing the network and security program. And then I had a maybe an eight year career uh, on legal in a couple of different law firms, uh, very good size, 180 to 400 uh, attorneys, regional and national firms, two of them. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I started seeing and realizing what my uh, mind shift and cultural shift meant because in one of the uh, firms, the first firm, we had a very big challenge with attorneys being mobile. Right. That that mm-hmm. this is back in before 2010. And you know, I started thinking how we solve this problem. Right. Um, you know, VPN, you know, remote access via Citrix, but that wasn't always ideal. And so I found an opportunity to bring in a, a new player uh to the firm where they will monitor web access security anywhere they went. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter whether you had a VPN connection or not. This company, um, I don't know whether it's appropriate to mention it or not, but I'll keep it out unless you say so. They would um, basically monitor your internet uh, browsing, which was one of our challenges internally because the thing was down all the time. The proxy just had a lot of hours in management. So we went to a cloud-born solution for monitoring. And what that did was that helped us realize as a firm what the cloud was and what the benefits of the cloud were. We got rid of hardware. We were more uh, able to adapt at the time, with at least from an internet browsing point of view. And that, and the firm started saying, "Okay, what else can we do like that? You know, what other services that we like services that we actually provide in the business of law can we move to the cloud?" Yeah. So it was an aha, aha moment for the firm and a big mindset uh, shift uh, for them and for me as a, as a leader and security practitioner. And then, you know, started doing things like that in other law firms. So yeah. uh, then I got to the point where about a year and a half ago, after being a CISO of a law for, um, insurance provider, the largest insurance provider in Florida, and then a CTO at a large REIT, a real invest, uh, state investment trust, I realized, well, what else do I do in my career? And I saw an opportunity to help others simplify their programs. And what I mean by that is when I started at the insurance company, cybersecurity team was an arm's length adversary to the internal team. And, and you know, they told me that, right? They told me that they won. Hey, they just come in, give us a stack of paper, go fix your things and come back when you're done. I was also told the company is driving at a, a, a 65 or at 70 miles an hour and a 70 miles an hour highway we, and cybersecurity is going at 45 at best. Hmm. We all want to be going at 65. How can we get there? Yeah. So that was a business telling me these things. Okay. Then I, then I talked to my team and said, 
Okay, what do you all think? And they say, well, you know, they never call us. They call us when it's too late. Blah, blah, you know, complain too. And I'm like, okay, so the company is going through an agile transformation. What do you think about that? And they are like, yeah, security is not agile. It's not for us. We're operational. I was like, have you ever thought of trying to at least learn about it? No, it doesn't work for us. And, and so, you know, we negotiated. I negotiated with my team. Let's, let's try. Let's do some experiments and see what happens. Well, three years later, we actually went from arm's length to don't call me anymore. I can't, you just, just are too busy to help you, right? So <laughs> we transformed that, our approach, our, the way we work, to be more collaborative, to be agile, to practice agility uh, with, with agile uh, techniques, and but also with simplification because nobody understood what we were saying. So once we learn agile and we're able to speak the same language, that alone, make a huge difference for, for our program. And we were able to achieve a lot of things in three years. And so for our listeners who don't know what Agile is, how did you, what, well, if you could give like a brief definition and then how did you, how did you uh, transition that or apply that to the cybersecurity program? Right. So Agile is a lean uh, process methodology methodology or way of working to be more efficient. And, and each company you talk to is going to have their own their own definition, their own approach, then their own techniques and things. But but in, in general, you know, if you look up safe agile or scrum uh mm -hmm. S-A-F-E, that will give you a good idea. But our in our case, what we did was we had some we had the our goal and the goal for an agile program is to maximize value on what you deliver to okay. the customer on the actual delivery of product. Some people think it's deliver faster. That's not necessarily true. It's deliver value. Hmm. That really is what you're after. So what does that mean? That means that you have to be really aligned with what the customer, the client, the, the consumer of the product wants. And so the way you do that is you create a lot of feedback loops. That really is the, the gist of it. You, you are constantly listening to what your consumer wants. What are they looking for? From a security point of view, it's difficult because uh, really security um, is what they call in that world a non-functional uh, requirement, right? Why is it non-functional requirements? Because most of the time, your your people, your clients or your internal people are not getting any tangible benefits from what you do on the back end for, to secure the company, to secure the application, to secure the service. Right, right. But however, you are delivering value. It's just non-functional non requirements that, that, um, that you... Uh, that you are delivering. Now, that's one area, maximizing value. How you do that? Well, one way of doing that, and this is where the speed comes into mind, is delivering in small chunks, delivering your products in small chunks incrementally. So they use the concept of a sprint. So a sprint, mm -hmm. and a sprint is a set period of time, maybe two weeks, maybe a month, maybe a week, where you're going to work on something and have a, an outcome, right? 
Yep. Well, so that's where the mind shift for the security team comes into play because we're used to, okay, you're done. Now we're going to do our review of them and we're going to slow you down for delivery. That's a complaint from the business. So we went from that approach to instead of, of doing our assessments at the end, we will do it at each stage of the development cycle. And we will develop what we call known in the agile world as minimum viable product. So we will deliver a minimum viable security product. So if you're working on this team, you're working on these features of the product or the service or whatever it is, we need to focus on this for security. Let's let's focus on that and test it and all. And then next round we'll go and secure some other things. And that was a big game changer for the company when they saw that we were able to de deliver in that manner. That changed the game for for us as as a security team, as a as a company, and they really saw us as a as a collaborator. I mean, that is. I love that. Like, first of all, I love the minimum viable security product uh, term, but I also just really, it's such a practical application of security, but also I think one of the biggest challenges we have in cybersecurity, which you pointed out, is that it's reactive versus proactive. And so mm -hmm. by having this mindset and this process in place, you are turning it into a proactive approach to cybersecurity. So how did you end up starting your company now? Yeah, so uh, it came out of two two reasons. One is uh, we at the insurance company I was at, we built a three years program. We deliver our goals and then some. We transform the culture, transform the the program. So I started thinking, okay, what's next? And I saw that the program also needed a different approach at that time or different thinking. And, and I was good at letting my team run the program. All I was uh, really was a the development, business development arm of our team because I was out there talking to the leadership teams with other people in the company and bringing uh, what they needed back. So I had put a lot of effort also on building the team and the future leaders of the team. Yeah. Such that when I left, and that's something I've done throughout my career and every company I go, I just leave and nobody noticed that I left because <laughs> things get keep running and get even better. So that was one thing. So I realized, okay, I'm to the point of my career where what else, and here at the company, what else do we do? So that was one. Then I went and started interviewing for other CISO roles. And... I found that that job search, especially for executive level, is another job, number one. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of work associated with it. And, and the processes, in my opinion, are, and, and I know my peers would, would attest to that too, is very tedious, very time-consuming, exhausting. So I, I really got exhausted and tired of the entire interviewing process. I said, okay. What else is out there? I had mm -hmm. talked to a, one of my partners today and they wanted me to help them and work in their company as a consultant for a long time. They were just like two years after me, just give me 10 hours. But, you know, the company I worked for had a lot of ethic rules 
And I didn't want to mess around with it. I said, no, it's not a good time. So I called and said, hey, I think I'm ready. And they were like, all over it. Let's, yeah, we'll come and uh, we'll get you in as a full-time if you want. I said, well, I don't even know if this is what I really want to do. So let's test it as a contractor and see and start my company and all that. And it's been a year and a half and I wouldn't look back. Uh, it's uh, I've learned a lot. I learned something every day, which is one of the things, my my core values. And uh and the and the last thing I mentioned earlier, I saw an opportunity and I learned this from one of the mentors that I have, which is one of my partners, saw the opportunity to help others that didn't mm-hmm. have the internal resources, have a, re, a broader reach to have an impact, positive impact. And and that's what we look for is trying to have that positive impact. Okay, so CA2 Consulting is the name of, CA2 Security, sorry, is the name of, yeah. of, of your uh, your business. Um, how did you come up with the name? Okay, so good question. Uh, the name behind the actual legal uh, name of the LLC is Cybersecurity Architects and Advisors. Hmm. But when you look at our logo, I, you know, that was just a name I came in because that's what we do. We are architects, we're advisors, we, we help you with your program, but we just talk about Agile for a while. So I saw some challenges uh, in the industry that I faced in different places that I work and that my peers I know face because I talk to them all the time. One is... The C in cybersecurity means for, it stands for continuous. Cybersecurity has to be a continuous process. You, you're never gonna get to the end, number one. So you have to continuously improve. How do you do that? Well, the first A in the A2, this A square really, is mm-hmm. adaptability, adaptable. Security have to be adaptable. So yeah. if you have continuous and adaptables, now we're talking about agile, right? Mm-hmm. Delivering cybersecurity in small increments, right? Not you have to do this all day long, right. and and then you're gonna get it done and you're gonna be good. And the the second A is actionable. So, what does that mean? Well, a lot of the time, I work with a consultant. They did a pen test, for example. They gave me the results, and I'm like, okay, what do I do with it? Or or IT will tell me, my IT team will tell me, what do we do with it? They really didn't give us actionable recommendations. So that's what we try to do. We try to help you simplify your program so you can actually communicate what you're doing in a business way and transform it such that you balance your 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 pipeline. You 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 have shared resources. You just can't do cyber. Right, you have mm-hmm. the CIO. He cares about delivering for the the company to be, you know, make money. So he has to balance the CIO or the CISO, the IT resources to to really um, deliver value. So what we do is what we mean actually. Well, well, it is that let's look at the entire picture of what you're doing and see where we really need to focus on. And then deliver those in chunks. I'll tell you one one in one uh, with one client I worked as a clinical uh, entity uh, in New Jersey. You know, we did assessment, 
and I built a three-year roadmap for them because they had a lot of gaps. I said, you, you, wouldn't, you won't be able to fix all this this year. Forget it. So we get to the last presentation with the executive team, and there are two owners of the partners of the clinic. And one of them is like, well, why can't we do it just all this year? It's like, sir, I'm going to let your CFO speak to it, but I don't think you have the resources to do all of this in one year. It's too hmm. much money, too much people involved, and you wouldn't be able to do it. The, so I gave the floor to the CFO, and he's like, yeah, you, we He's right. We cannot do all this. We have to be smart about it. And and so, you know, the executive so okay, it's a long process. And, and it is. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what we tell people and our clients. We work with them to guide them through the process, through the roadmap, and do what is right for them. The great thing about that in the, in the name is that it's not only a way for you to market yourself to potential clients, but it's also your sounds like an internal mission statement, right? So it's, it oh, works yeah, both internally and externally, which is great. So, so let me tell you, or let me ask you, what's the hardest part about starting your own consulting business? It's a lot of hard parts. Um, one <laughs> is um, when you're starting off, I think we all struggle with, with getting in front of people. I'm a former CTO and CISO, and I know that I didn't appreciate cold uh, cold calls or emails and didn't have time for it. Uh, no, that's number one. Uh, so, so getting in front of the actual decision makers is, is a big challenge. Uh, I think for all of us entrepreneurs, yeah. my success rate on sales is like 70%. So I tell, you know, people that are helping me mentoring, or now I have a business development, uh, development arm, uh, mm -hmm. in the team. I'm a great heater. I'm a triple crown heater if you look at my conversion rate. Yeah. But I don't have enough at bats. So I need mm. a bats to heat 300 average. I'll be happy, right? In, term, in terms of basal. But, um, but that's one. The other one is really I focus a lot on building processes that are repeatable. So it's easier for us to deliver. With that also comes agility. We 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 may have a template for say an instant response uh, tabletop exercise. We do that a lot. Mm -hmm. But while we have like kind of a template, I sit with the customers and say, okay, what do you care about? And then we have to really adjust to the needs of the client. Uh, but the more we can uh, build that is repeatable, the better we we do, and the better we. Uh, help our clients and position ourselves because uh, we can be the, we can be quick and agile and you know without the overhead that that helps cost too with the client and and getting engagement. So I would say again it's business development, getting at bats, but also building strong, solid processes that any now we have three consultants in the in the team and we all kind of do the same thing, following the same process. And are on the same page. So those will be the two things to focus on from, from my point of view. Yep. So you're building for scale, which totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right. So yeah. I, I know I've taken a bunch of your time. Just a couple last things here. Any any trends in cybersecurity that you're seeing that might be um, a potential for a large impact in 2023? 
Yeah, from a risk point of view, I think uh, we may start seeing, a, and I've read this and studied, uh, uh, of course, uh, as well. But I think is, you know, when you talk about ransomware, that that's been around for twenty years. It yep. just now it has a scale; it, it's bigger. You know, they profit more out of it. But I think we're going to start seeing pre-ransom or pre-encryption extortion. What does that mean? That means that it's going to happen the same way it happens today. They're going to get in, you don't know, and they're going to get your data and, extra and extract, extract it like what is happening today with double extortion. And then they're going to tell you before they encrypt, okay, we're in, we have your data. If you don't pay us, we're going to encrypt. So I think that's going to happen more. Mm -hmm. um, then who knows what happens whether you pay or not, if, it, if they are going to encrypt or not. Um, we'll see. But I think yeah. that's going to happen more. And then supply chain security is still a, an issue. And, and I think the struggle for organizations is also going to be around managing the demand from your for their clients who are trying to uh, at least, for example, in the legal industry, and, uh, that's one of the industries we focus on. We focus on legal, healthcare, tech startup, and insurance, financial services. But in legal, okay. law firms are trying to be audited constantly by their clients. Tell me about your security program. And the challenge is that, the say, law firms, 400 attorneys below, 500 attorneys below, they don't have the resources or skills to even read and understand what the auditor is asking that's one that's another thing it's is that supply and that goes into the supply chain uh, security management is managing those rfp those uh, out, uh audits client audits is uh, a challenge for many organizations that are in the small uh, mid-size uh rank yeah i totally agree with you well, I know we're basically out of time, so I want to thank you for your time. This has been fascinating. I have so many more questions I could definitely ask you, so I may have to have you on the podcast again. But please let our listeners mm -hmm. know how they can find you. Yes. So look me up uh, or any of our consultants really in uh, LinkedIn, uh, Carl uh, C. Rodriguez. And I'm also the company of CA2 in LinkedIn is also there. And you can reach us there or email uh, info at ca2security.com. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us today, Carlos. Um, and for you listeners, you can find all of our blogs in this podcast on our sub stack, which is at the Security Expert Marketplace. Thanks again. Thank you.